Well, good morning and happy Pentecost. Uh, this, um, this day that we celebrate and remember uh, the gift of the Spirit upon us and this day that we celebrate and remember the, the birth, the birthday of the church, if you will. Um, it's really good to be here with you all, here in person and online. And um, I'm, I'm feeling very excited this morning. Uh, it could be the second cup of coffee, it could be the beautiful weather, or it could be the fact that my dad was a preacher in the, the charismatic tradition and that's in my bones somewhere uh, for Pentecost. Either way, um, <laughs> let's not delay. Let's pause for a word of prayer and jump in. Loving God, uh, we are so grateful for this gift of today and uh, this chance to be together. Thank you uh, for this lot, this new, uh, this new uh, summer sanctuary for us. Thank you for this chance to be together. God, we're grateful uh, for the gift of your spirit. And we pause now to acknowledge your spirit among us. Uh, all of us here in person, all of us on Zoom, and God, we're grateful for that great mystery that somehow your spirit is uniting us together um, in this moment. God, we also uh, acknowledge your spirit now as we uh, turn to the scriptures and as we turn to wrestle with them, we ask that your spirit would lead us and guide us and shape us and form us more and more into the image of Jesus. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you think about the last 14 uh, or 15 months or so, uh, how would you describe the state of your soul? As you think about the last 14, 15 months and thinking about the state of your soul, would you say that your soul has been relatively unscathed? Like, uh, your soul hasn't picked up any bumps or bruises along the way, and you'd say that your soul feels about like it did in January 2020. Or as you think back to the last 14, 15 months, would you say that uh, your soul is feeling uh, a bit of, of languish? Uh, this word that's made its way through uh, a popular article over the last month or so, this, this state of like lacking meaning or purpose, this feeling of almost like perpetual limbo, this, this lack of like well-being in our life. Or as you think back to the last 14, 15 months, would you say that your soul is feeling pretty beat up. <laughs> that today it feels as though your soul has a little bit of a limp to it. That you've picked up some bumps and bruises along the way. That there's some scars and some scabs on your soul. As you think back to the last 14, 15 months, how would you describe the state of your soul? My hunch would be that for many of us, and potentially if we can think of our soul in a collective sense too, that, that for many of us, our soul does feel a little beat up. <laughs> it does feel like it's limping a little bit, that there's some scars and scabs that has picked up along the way. And I think that this makes sense, right? I mean, as we've heard time and time again this past year, we have faced unprecedented sort of events, right? Um, I mean, for, for you, maybe the thing that's beaten up your soul the most is like this fear and anxiety around this virus, right? Um, I know for me, I've felt a good bit of that and I'm young and healthy and don't fall into the, the category of those at risk, right? Um, maybe you've felt this fear for yourself, for a family member, a friend, a loved one, for the state of our community, for hospital workers, right? Or maybe the thing that's like uh, caused uh, your soul to feel beaten up is like this disruption in relationships. Like those that are 
that know things about viruses have told us to stay away from people, right? To, to, to not uh, intermingle with people uh, that we don't normally see on a normal basis, right? And this has pro- caused this like disruption in our normal relational way of being, right? We're not meant to be alone. We're meant to be communal creatures, right? And this disruption has like begun to, to wear on our soul over this year. Uh, perhaps the, the beating up on our soul has come from like this disruption of, of rhythms and uh, ways of being. I mean, how many people have sent out an email to schedule a meeting and said, we can do this inside with masks with the windows open and an air purifier, or I feel comfortable on Zoom, or let's do a phone call, right? You can only try and uh, dictate all of these elements of a meeting for so long before it makes your soul exhausted. <laughs> Or what about like all of the dis- or all of the division and all of the hostility that we've experienced this past year around the virus itself around this let's not forget like we had a political or a presidential election this past year too right um, or all of the racial injustice that's been on the the forefront uh, of our minds so much over this past year I think there's a lot of reasons for our souls to feel beat up right now. And this past week, I really tried to think of a way of like describing this in like a, a succinct sort of way. And this is the best that I came up with. A collective, full-bodied, ugh. <laughs> it's been a really difficult year, filled with all sorts of disruptions, all sorts of challenges, all sorts of pain. And I know for myself, and I would assume that for a number of us, it's often felt like I found myself in a valley of dry bones throughout this past year. This is an imagery that, that uh, we see picked up in Ezekiel 37. And so I want us to spend a little bit of time in Ezekiel 37 this morning. And I want to read this story and see if, um, in some ways, we can read this story into our story. And if we can read our story into this story and see if there's some, some meaning and some beauty that can come from it. Now, before we get to the story itself, let's not forget that stories in Scripture uh, don't happen in a vacuum. Like, this story happens within a bigger, broader story. And that bigger, broader story is one of exile. Now, when we talk about exile, it's easy for us to, like, check a box and say, like, okay, that was the season in the life of the people of God. But, like, let's not forget, like, the emotional turmoil that exile would have caused for them. Like, this is a moment when they were forcibly removed from their land. And as they found themselves in the state of exile, like this was a loss of everything that they held near and dear. This was a loss of their, their nation. This was a loss of their land. This was a loss of um, relationships. This was a loss of purpose. This was a loss of identity. And to make matters worse, like as they went about their daily life in exile, everywhere they looked was a reminder of this profound and significant loss in their life. Meaning as they sat down to eat food, this food was a reminder of the profound and significant loss of exile. As they tried to like talk to their neighbors and heard a different language, this was a reminder of this profound and significant loss in their, of exile. As they tried to go about their normal life and experience different customs, this was a reminder of the profound and significant loss of exile. As they tried to worship the God of Israel, this was a reminder of this profound and significant loss of exile. And as they tried to figure out their shared collective life together, this life of politics with a new king, this was a reminder of this significant and profound loss of exile. See, at this point in the story, I think we can already read ourselves into the story, can we not? 
because I, I, I know for me personally, like this last year in COVID has like helped me to, to understand exile just a little bit more because we too, everywhere we look around is a reminder of the loss that comes from COVID. When we look around and see one another with a mask rather than a warm smile, it's a reminder of the uh, profound and significant loss of COVID. When we walk into a grocery store and see a big sign that says, wear a mask, keep distant, it's a, a reminder of this profound and significant loss of COVID. When we sit down at the beginning of our week to plan out our week, what would normally be a very full calendar is totally empty, and that's a reminder of the profound and significant loss of COVID. See, everywhere around us is like this, this reminder of the significant loss. And I come with this like sentiment of like, this isn't right. <laughs> and I think for the people in exile, this would have been the same sort of sentiment. This is not right. This is not our lives. This is not the way that things should be. Now with that, you know, nice image, we jump into Ezekiel 37 now. And Ezekiel here is describing some sort of like profound experience or some sort of profound vision that he has with God. We read, The hand of the Lord came upon me, again, me being Ezekiel, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me around them. There were very many lying in the valley, and they were very dry. He said to me, Mortal, can these bones live? I answered him, O Lord God, you know. So Ezekiel has this profound experience, this profound vision, where God brings him and places him in a valley. But it's not just a valley. It's a valley full of bones. And it's not just a valley of bones, but we're told that this valley of bones were very dry. Which means they've been there for a while. Which means that any sort of sign of life, any sort of sign of hope had been sucked out of them. And I think Ezekiel is pretty keen of what's happening here, right? Because as he looks at this valley of bones, he doesn't just see dry bones, but he sees his own story. He sees the story of his people. He sees the story of his friends and family. And he's reminded once again of this profound and significant loss of exile. And God looks at Ezekiel and says, can these bones live? Which I don't know about you, but that feels like salt in an open wound, right? <laughs> Here, let's take you and put you in a, take you out of your bleak situation, put you in a reminder of your own bleak situation, and ask, hey, by the way, can these bones live? Now, Ezekiel, we're told, gives this very kind response, this very polite response of, oh, Lord God, you know. But I like to imagine that Ezekiel was a little more untamed and probably was like, Psh, I don't know, God, you tell me. Because when I look around, I'm reminded of all of the loss in my life. I'm, I'm reminded of all the pain, all of the disruption. I don't know. I don't know if there's any hope, any life left to give. I don't know if there's any redemption in this moment. And I feel for Ezekiel in this moment because over the past year, it feels like we've found ourselves in the Valley of the Dry Bones being asked, will we ever return to normal? <laughs> will there ever be a post-COVID life? And every time I hear that question, it feels like salt in, the open, in an open wound. And I just want to say, I don't know. <laughs> God, maybe you know, maybe you have a way of getting us out of this, but I certainly have no idea 
And it feels like a really uh, inappropriate and un, uh, con inconvenient question to keep asking in the midst of this. Now Ezekiel continues on here. And he says, Then God said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. I will lay sinew or tendons on you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So God tells Ezekiel to prophesy, which is a really big, loaded word. <laughs> but in this context, it seems as though it's a word of God from God, that it carries some sort of like creative power to it and Ezekiel is acting as a conduit of this word of God from God and Ezekiel is commanded to prophesy to these bones and the word of God from God that he's to give to these bones is that breath will enter into them now for a good uh, Jewish person hearing this story, their mind would have started racing throughout their scriptures, trying to come back to a moment where we see God's breath entering into something very dry. And they would have come to the pages of Genesis chapter 2, the second creation story that we have, where we see God taking the dry dust of the earth and God breathing God's breath into it and causing life to come forth. But of course, for the ancient peoples, this wasn't just something in God's lungs that entered into the dust. But they saw this connection between something like breath and something like spirit. Both of these things causing life, this animating force that brings forth new life. And so Ezekiel does just this. He tells us, so I prophesied as I had been commanded. And as I prophesied, suddenly there was a noise, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and there was sinew on them and flesh had come upon them and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy mortal and say to the breath, thus come, says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, a vast multitude. So Ezekiel begins to prophesy, and there's this rattling. The bones are like charged with energy, and they begin to snap together with this magnetic sort of force. And he looks, and there's skin on them now. And they look alive, but they're not. <laughs> and this feels like such a fitting image of 2020. <laughs> Because this is what this year has felt like for me. Like, I'm alive, but I'm not. Like, almost like I'm a human placeholder, just taking up space in the midst of this past year. Now, certainly there were great things that happened over the course of this year, right? Like, I became a father for the first time. Like, I have all sorts of really good, beautiful memories of this past year. And yet, 2020. <laughs> See, these human... Uh, um, uh, th these uh, newly put together humans were lacking something. The breath of God, the spirit of God had not yet entered into them. It was lacking this, this animating force within them, lacking this new sort of life within them, lacking this creative energy within them. 
And so Ezekiel prophesies once again for this breath to come within them. And this breath fills them up and we're told that they come to life now. Then Ezekiel finishes this by telling us how God interprets all of it for him. Then God said to me, mortal, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are cut off completely. Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from the graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. When I open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O people, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live, and I will place you on your own soil. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken and will act, says the Lord. So God opens their graves. God breathes God's spirit within them, and they come to life again. Friends, on this Pentecost Sunday, this the Sunday where we celebrate the gift of the spirit and celebrate this birth of the church, this visible expression of the new creation, I can't help but wonder in light of like all that we've experienced this past year, if perhaps Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy. If Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy much like Ezekiel, if Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy like Ezekiel, for breath to come forward, for the breath of God to fall on us and for us to breathe in the breath of God. What if Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy for breath to come and for us to breathe. Now this feels really ironic, right? Because breathing is like the very thing that we've been afraid to do this whole year, right? (laughs) This virus that acts in some sort of airborne fashion, right? Like this is the very thing that we've been afraid to do. And yet I can't help but wonder if maybe the very thing that we've been afraid to do is the thing that we need to do in this moment. I think we are all in desperate need of some form of new life. And God is breathing all around us. And all we have to do is breathe in this breath, breathe in this spirit, breathe in this new life that God is breathing all around us. So friends, as you think about your last year, your last 14, 15 months, what has caused your bones to dry up? What has sucked the life out of you? What's beaten up and bruised your soul? Has it been some sort of fear or anxiety relating around COVID? Has it been this like, uh, uh, this reality of going unseen for a year now of being unknown in community? Or perhaps it's like the bitterness that we're swimming in right now about our public shared life together. What if Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy? to prophesy for breath to come and for us to breathe in this breath. See, friends, as we look around us, it seems as though God is breathing all around us. It seems as though there are signs of new life. We're being told that the vaccines have been effective, that they've lived up to the hype. Uh, If you read the paper every day, we see case numbers going down each and every day and staying down. Like there are signs of new life all around us. God is breathing all around us. And all we have to do is breathe in this spirit, breathe in this breath, breathe in this new life. But of course, that's easier said than done, right? (laughs) 
Again, this wasn't just a valley of bones. This was a valley of dry bones. Meaning they've been there for a while. Meaning they've had all sorts of life and hope and ambition sucked out of them. Uh, a few months ago, I, I started um, doing a little bit of yoga and stretching every morning. Um, it's like five minutes, so don't think too much of me. Um, and when I first got started, like some of these like stretches were really intense. and I, it, was, it was a lot of struggle to do it, right? And so I was doing what, I was, what, what one does when they struggle, right? I was... <laughs> Meanwhile, the instructor is saying, breathe in. Breathe out. It seems so peaceful and easy for him, right? I mention this because I think for a number of us, we found ourselves in this valley of the dry bones. And these things that have sucked the life out of us have become so familiar. And the thing about familiarity, even if it's painful and difficult, is that it begins to feel comfortable over time. And I think for some of us, these dry bones have become a bit of our identity. And I think we've begun to hold on to them as tightly as we can, even though it's painful and even though it's difficult. And we too find ourselves breathing. (gasps) And I can't help but wonder if God is inviting us to let go of those things so that we can finally take a deep breath. To take in a deep breath of God's breath. To take in a deep breath of God's spirit. To take in a deep breath of God's new life. For some of us, it is this fear of fear and anxiety of COVID. This has become our identity because one side didn't take it serious. We've taken it serious, overly serious maybe. And we've begun to hold on to this so tight. And maybe God is inviting us to let go of that identity, to still be cautious, to still be conscientious about how we interact with other people, but to let go of that being our identity. For some of us, we've become so used to being unseen that we forget how painful it is to not be seen, to not be known in community. And maybe God is inviting us to breathe in the reality of vulnerability, to enter into community, to be seen, to be known once again. For some of us, we've been clinging on to bitterness so tightly that this has become our MO. This has become our way of being. We have become so cynical, so bitter towards everything in life. And God is inviting us to let go of that, to breathe in new life so that we can begin to experience things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, generosity, faithfulness, all those other things that we learned in Sunday school, right? What if Pentecost is an invitation for us to prophesy, to breathe once again? One last quick note. Um, This past year has been unprecedented, right? Don't throw anything at me for using that word again. Um, Which means that like much of what we have experienced has been really traumatic and we carry that trauma within us. And I would be foolish to stand up here and think that we can just make a decision like that to let go and that God's spirit will somehow enter into us immediately and bring forth healing and new life. For some of us to experience healing, like we're going to need to talk to someone. We may need to talk to like, Uh, a counselor or a therapist or a mental health professional. And I think God's spirit often works in this way. I think God's spirit often brings healing through these professionals. And if you find yourself thinking that that's what's needed in this time, please talk to me, talk to one of our elders. We have like church money budgeted and designated towards helping with that.
this Sunday, this Pentecost Sunday, friends, what if we're being invited to prophesy once again? To breathe, for God's breath to fall upon us and for us to breathe in this breath, for God's spirit, for God's new life to be saturating us all around us and for us to breathe in and to receive that new life. Amen.